0: Hey, what's up, monkeys? Old Uncle Silverback here with you today. You're listening to the Arm Day Podcast. Today is Monday, the 20th of June, 2011. Yesterday was Father's Day. I had a good uh, Father's Day. And I hope the rest of you guys out there had uh, good times with your families as well. And uh, Father's Day got me thinking about, well, what is... What are some of the best things that I can do for my kid? And it's not you know not just if you're a father, but if you're a mother as well. So basically if you're a parent uh, or if you're a wife or a husband, what are some of the best things that you can do uh, for your family and uh, but especially you know if you have kids, what what are some of the lessons that you could teach them? what are things that are going to help them out later on in life? Uh, and before we get into that, uh, let's talk a little bit about what we're going to do on the show today. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about some of that, uh, you know, shit hits the fan type thing a little bit. And it's always kind of fun to sort of game those out with scenarios and things. And uh, what it does is it helps you to try and uh, prepare, try and think of, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to prep and I, and I want to have food storage or I want to have water storage or I want to have some money set aside... You know how would that work in the worst case scenario? And if you've got that kind of figured out and that kind of uh, laid out, pretty much everything else that comes down the pipe is gonna—you know—you're gonna be able to deal with, or you're gonna be a lot better prepared again to deal with that stuff. Uh, you know, one of the guys that I like really well is uh, Jack Spearco over at the Survival Podcast. Again, I don't agree with everything he says 100%, but uh, I agree with a lot of what he says. And uh, the main thing that I like about his philosophy is there's a couple of things that he's got going on that I really like uh, the first is is that the reason that you prep you you prepare for when times get tough or even if they don't so that if nothing bad ever happens to you the things that you've done aren't a waste the things that you've done have have made your life better uh, you know you've uh, by storing food you've kind of Uh, set back some of the cost Uh, you may be able to by storing food and depending on where you get some of your long-term storage from and things like that you may be able actually to eat healthier and eat food that is not uh, genetically modified eat food that hasn't been saturated in pesticides and herbicides and pumped up full of hormones so uh, the other thing that i like about that is he talks about and i've never really heard anybody else do it but he talks about how The bigger the disaster, the bigger the problem. Really, the less likely you are, as an individual, to experience that. So, you know, the end of the world as we know it, probably not going to happen. The end of America as we know it, well, probably not going to happen. But then, if you look at things like, well, my uh, my car broke down, and I've got I've got all these extra expenses now, or if I've been laid off from my job, and and it's going to take me three to six months. To find another job that that was paying me what I was doing. Um, those are the little things that may happen, you know, a death in the family that may devastate you, uh, especially if you're in a in a family where there's one only one income provider. Uh, you know, if you uh, if you've got some some money and some food and some things like that stored up, then those 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 things that are little not that they're little to you but uh, that they're little and that they're not going to really affect your neighbor they're not going to affect your block they're not going to affect your city your town Uh, but they are going to affect you but you do have a buffer you do have sort of a shock absorber by being prepared and uh, well before we get in too much further let's go ahead and do our contact info if you'd like to contact the show you've got a suggestion you've got uh, some comments you've got a review that you want to do you can do it a couple of different ways you can go through our voicemail which is 206-339-3266 again 206-339-3266 and i you guys know that i uh, do use this voicemail for my other podcast which is firearms cafe so if you're going to use the voicemail at the at the first of your message just let me know which podcast you're going to use it for so for instance if I was calling in I would say this is uh, for the armed ape podcast this is Tony from Arizona and then I would you know do my review type thing Uh, and I you don't have to leave your name in city but I do think it's pretty cool to be able to or not city I mean you could just use state uh, and that's fine Uh, but it is cool and I think the other listeners kind of like it to be able to to know where some of the different people are are calling in from and reviewing from so uh, now let's move on to, to uh, emails. If you wanted to do an MP3 or a WAV file and send that in to me, sometimes the, uh, uh, the quality on the voicemail isn't the greatest, although I will say I've had quite a bit of luck with it. But if you'd like to uh, send in, a, again, that WAV file or an MP3, uh, you can attach that to your email and send that to me. And that email address, again, is thearmedape at gmail.com. All one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. I love, love, love hearing from you guys. It is such a, a pick me up and um, you guys really, I know I say it a lot, but you really it's it's hard to kind of understand how neat it is to get feedback and how neat it is to get your emails and to hear from you. And uh, you know with especially with this podcast, I really wanted it to be something where we could get a community going. And it doesn't have to be, the you know, the biggest thing on the internet, but if we could just have a nice little community where we're sending stuff in and we're trying to help each other out and uh, we don't really have, you know, agendas uh, or uh, ulterior motives, you know, it's not like you're making a recommendation for, you know, I don't know, a stapler or something and that happens to be the stapler that your company manufactures or whatever. You know, that type of thing. So I, I think that what we've we've been able to get in our reviews and the things that we've had is real good, honest things uh, coming from the perspective of the person that's using them. And I think that can really help us out as a group to be able to sort of to shy away from stuff or, you know, uh, it doesn't have to always be bad news. It can be good stuff like, you know, I use this thing, and I love it and it's awesome and you guys should try it type deal. Uh, so again, for everybody that's uh, called in or written in or taking the time to do the recordings and taking the time to, you know, contact the show, I really appreciate it. Uh, Now, speaking of contacts, I did want to read an email that I got the other day from Kim, and she is Ken's wife, and uh, a lot of you guys know that Ken contributes to the show. He also has contributed over to uh, Firearms Cafe, Uh, but... I'm not going to read all the stuff that she wrote in her email, but there were a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. Firstly, is that she's going to um, start, I think she's already started it up, a blog where, uh, let me read this part here. Um, I finally got my own site up and running. It's basically a blog about food in El Paso, and that includes grocery stores and farmer's markets along with restaurants and any recipes I make up. So I think that is going to be a really neat, uh, really cool uh, project and a good idea. Uh, and so um, the only thing is, Kim, you didn't give me a link. So if you could give me a link to that, I'd appreciate it. And I can put it in uh, up over on the website. And then I can also talk about it on uh, not only on this show, but on Firearms Cafe as well. Uh, so I hope to hear from you again soon. But anyway, this is the part of, of her email that I wanted to read. Uh, And again, sort of talking about kind of sometimes the things that we do go beyond a little bit what we intended. And and what she talks about here is, I never would have thought that something like this would have been able to to come about. So I'll go ahead and read it. She writes, Thank you for keeping your older shows available, and thank you for letting people call in reviews. When Ken was in Basic, I listened to those three podcasts about the Appleseed Project the 22 converter, and the modded 1022. almost every night before going to sleep. We didn't think to record anything for each other, and really, what would we say? But it was such a comfort. I'm actually about to cry thinking about it. Good grief. But it was such a comfort while he was gone. Pictures are nice, but having a voice readily available helps prevent those panicked I can't remember what his voice sounds like, feelings, and thoughts. And that, combined with your voice, which is generally pleasant, was great. So thanks for that. There were some bits about the insurance people being unpleasant words, but that will get me riled up and I really need to hit the sack. So, just know that I so relate. Ugh. Hope your knee continues to improve. Stay awesome, Kim. So, Kim, thanks for sending that in. I really appreciate it. Uh, It was a real pick-me-up, especially the part about how it was... the being able to listen to Ken's voice, um, helps you kind of get through some stuff or get, or, or made your life a little bit easier, that type of stuff. So, uh, I'm, I'm glad, even though that was never the intention of, of that thing, I'm glad that it really worked out that way for you. So, uh, again, I appreciate both you and Ken and, uh, hope to hear from you guys again real soon. Uh, Let's see here. Now we've got some other feedback and I'm going to play that a little bit later in the show. Uh, But what we'll do now is I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, prepping. And uh, for those of you maybe who don't know what that is, basically that means that you're just trying to set aside a few things so that if if times get a little rough for you, you can get through those those, uh, episodes in your life a little bit easier. And uh, a lot of times... When you go to some of the other sites, or when a lot of people talk about prepping, they talk about things like storing again, you know, storing up food and water, um, and hardly anybody talks about debt. Again, uh, Jack Spearco over at, at the Survival Podcast talks about it, and I think that it just because of the state of the economy and uh, some of the political discussions that are going on. I think other podcasts and other people, uh, blogs and things like that, are are starting to actually talk about about debt and getting out of debt. Uh, now, earlier in the show, I talked about Father's Day had got me thinking about well, what's something good that I can do for my kid? What's you know beyond teaching values or. or or uh, having a big bankroll for them when they're, you know, when they're grown or, or things like that, uh, and it got me to thinking that probably one of the most important things that you can do for them, and one of the most important lessons that you can teach them, and the best example that you could set for your kids is is for you to, to get debt free. And by doing that, and, and of course, they're not really going to understand this until they get older. Once they're, once they're teenagers, a little bit older teenagers, you can talk to them about that, and uh, and you'll of course have lived a life of, uh, of of where being able to work on getting out of debt has become something that's important, and they're going to see that, you know, as as they grow up. But really, what it what it really teaches them. Is it gives them and it shows them again through your example that they don't have to be a, a slave to money. Um, they don't have to be dependent totally on other people. Uh, you know, you can have all the food stored up in the world, you can have all the water stored up, uh, and tons of of uh, guns and ammo and all sorts of things. But if you're saddled by debt, if you're crushed by debt, if you're up to debt in your eyeball, up to your eyeballs in debt. Excuse me. All that other stuff just seems like, should I really have spent the money on that? Man, any little thing that happens, any little emergency, boom, you're, you just feel like you're under the gun. You know, you got that 200-pound anvil hanging up over your head. But once you're out of debt, a lot of those things, when, when, when the car breaks down, when the air conditioner goes out, when that unexpe- unexpected excuse me medical expense comes up, when there's a death in the family and it falls to you to maybe make the arrangements and maybe even to help pay for that. If you're debt-free, those things, while they're still going to affect you, aren't going to crush you. They're not going to be these huge disasters. It's going to be, well, I can get through this and luckily I don't have to worry about anything else. And Really, a lot of the problems, most of the problems in our society can be linked to money. And the lack thereof. Um, now, money is not the answer to everything, but again, what what you're doing by getting out of debt is you're really freeing yourself. You're you're giving yourself freedom. You're giving your family freedom, and and what it does is it it shows for your kids uh, again that they don't have to be under somebody's thumb. And I'm not just talking about work. I'm talking about if your son or daughter, you've raised them and they've and they've they've taken in those lessons of being out of debt and not going into debt when they're young and they're starting out, if they've been able to save up some money and live their life in such a way to where they're actually doing the things that they want and they're living the way that they want, they're gonna be a lot less likely to maybe attach themselves to somebody who has more than them. They're not going to be as likely to feel that they're maybe trapped in a relationship because money is the key, and those things are the key. Uh, and, and this doesn't mean that you give up all your possessions or you have very little. You can have as much as you want, but those things don't become don't become the most important thing for you. They don't become... What drives you. you you'll have some other things and, and again, once you're out of debt it becomes a lot easier to, to, to not fall back into it. now having said that, that is part of the discipline of once you get out of debt of, of keeping keeping to that budget uh, you know let's say that you had two car payments and you had a big mortgage and you finally got those two car payments done and you had some credit card debt and you finally got rid of that stuff and so now you've got some extra money coming in. And the temptation may be, well, you know, we've got this extra money coming in. We've got our mortgage paid down pretty good. It's not all the way paid off, but it's paid down pretty good. Um, you know, I've had this car for three years. and I've always wanted this other kind of car. And since we've got both our cars paid off and we've got our credit cards paid off, I can easily afford this. And that's what you don't want to do. What you want to do is just wait a little bit. Uh, delay that gratification a little bit. And again, if that's something that you can install in your kids or install in your nephews or nieces or, or people that are younger than you, um, they're going to be so far ahead of the game 10, 15 years from now that the choices that they have in their life that are available to them, because again, they don't, they're not going to be bogged down and saddled under, under debt. I think most of you guys probably listening to the show understand that the majority of the people in this country, again, are, are one, maybe two paychecks at the most away from being out on the street. And especially now where, where things are a lot harsher than they were, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So that's kind of what I wanted to say about, uh, about debt and about some money situations and about something, I, I think a real gift that you could give to your children or your nieces or nephew or, or other people that maybe kind of come to you for advice. Um, a while back, my, and we'll sort of stay on the money subject. A while back, my dad and my stepmother were in town and, uh, we were talking about some stuff, and we were talking about a little bit about politics and a little bit about money and debt and, and uh, some of the things that we thought could be solutions to some of the problems. And my stepmother was talking about uh, a lady that they know back there who was in her... I want to say she's in her 70s. And she's got three or four credit cards. They're all maxed out. I think, and I'm not sure, but I... Th- she owns her own home but I could be wrong about that because I I can't remember if we talked about that or not and my stepmother was talking about boy she sure is saddled by debt and that's her problem is all this debt and I said well not really I said what what she has she doesn't have a debt problem I said she has a spending problem uh, because every credit card that she had was maxed out and uh people can get into these spirals where you've got them all maxed out your income is enough to basically kind of pay the minimum stuff your minimum payments on it but and, and maybe you got enough to pay you know for your food and some of your other bills but you really have no ability to save anything and if one little thing goes wrong you're screwed so that Maybe you start to get one of them paid down a little bit and then all of a sudden you've got, you know, you see, oh, I've got some extra money floating around there and something comes up and then you go out and and they buy that. So again, a lot of that stuff, especially with credit cards, it really is a spending problem. And uh, I could tell that my stepmom had never really thought of it that way. Um, I think she agreed with me, but, uh, you know, I I think that she had thought that the... uh, the, the friend of hers that their main problem or her main problem excuse me was you know that she had a lot of debt so and we see you know we see that stuff you know if we go up and look at our government you know what do they want to do they want to spin 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 that's all they know how to do is spin so that's one of the reasons I'm hoping old Ron Paul gets in there and and uh, can win the presidency we'll have to do first step first hopefully he gets in there and uh, and wins the primary Oh, you know, <laughs> the other day I was listening to, uh, oh, I can't remember what I was listening to. If it was a podcast or I think it was a podcast where they had some excerpts and stuff of, of uh, some of Ron Paul's speeches and some of the things like that. And some of the de- the debates that have been going on in the, in the Republican side. And, uh, one of the things that was played was a song about Ron Paul and uh, kind of singing his praises and stuff. And, uh, you know, a, a long time ago when Obama was first getting elected, they had this group of school children singing his praises. And it was kind of creepy. And, uh, it, you know, for me, I, uh, I I think it's one thing to admire kind of our political leaders and things like that and, and uh, admire them for some of the things that they stand for. But, uh, you know, once, once songs get starting written about him especially singing their praises and things like that uh, I, I don't like that and I, I kind of didn't really like the, the Ron Paul song uh, not that the song was bad but I just I don't like the idea of really placing somebody super high up on a pedestal and things like that but uh, and I think you know probably he would you know maybe think that uh, that uh, kind of along those lines too that uh, while it may be kind of flattering or you, you, know, you got a kick out of it it's uh uh, you know, it's one of those things where you don't really want to set your uh, our political leaders, regardless of party or, or what their philosophies are, up on any type of a, a pedestal like that. Because then you start to get junk like, uh, you know, it's over in North Korea and, and, uh, and uh, communist China. You know, you start having the great leaders and you start getting these cult of personalities and all this other stuff. But anyway, I'm really straying off uh, off the subject there. So I tell you what let's do, let's go ahead and wrap that stuff up, and let's go ahead and drop in a review.
1: Hey Tony, it's Brad. Hey, I um, wanted to just leave a couple comments about the, the Netflix Hulu thing you were talking about with your PlayStation 3, streaming content in general over the internet. Um, Actually, I've ditched my cable. I had DirecTV, went to cable... I'm ditching it all and I'm going straight um streaming content. I'm going to give it a go and see how things fly. For what I watch, uh family watches uh it makes sense. We can get uh any, you know, we can get pretty much everything that we personally that we watch on Netflix and Hulu Plus. Also, another player in the game to keep in mind is iTunes. Um, you pay per episode. But depending on you know obviously how much you're spending, it still can come out like we have we have uh, for me personally I I know one big thing is going to be sports now ESPN three uh, is available I'm not sure if it is on what uh, I know it is on on the Xbox 360 and that is uh, free you know with your ISP as long as your ISP supports ESPN three or offers ESPN three the the sport content on there is not it's it, it it's kind of cool because it's a lot of things that you wouldn't normally see a lot of like rugby and and some uh karate fighting events and uh you know a lot of racing off-road racing things just different uh uh sports or x-games or whatever but anyways finding that with 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 Netflix streaming for 8 bucks Hulu plus for 10 bucks the occasional purchase from iTunes for shows that uh, I can't get anywhere else, and I just have to see. Um, the other thing, uh, during the football season, I'm a big Bears fan. Well, you know, I live in Michigan, so I don't get to see the Bears games every week. <clears throat> I do pick up a Chicago radio station over the Internet, which is kind of cool. So you get a lot of radio streaming for free over the Internet. So I get to listen to the Bears games on the radio. Well, iTunes has a season pass for your favorite football team. Uh, Just go out there. I think it was twenty bucks or something like that. And basically, every week you get a full recap of the game. You get all the highlights, etc. I really like that. I've done that for the past two years, and that combined with just listening to the game on the radio has uh, has really been, you know, it's been the best for me since I since I don't want to pay what I used to pay through DirecTV for a full NFL season. I think that was. If I remember right, it was 150 or 200 bucks or something crazy, and they had a, you know, they had the lock on the market on that. You couldn't get it anyplace else. And I don't know if they still do or what. But, anyways, I wanted to throw iTunes out there. It's a great resource for some more shows if you want to pay per episode. Um, but we're going for it. We're going to see what happens, and and I'm pretty geeked about it, just because I'm I'm kind of fed up with uh, the outrageous charges that cable companies and these satellite companies love to love to charge but uh so I'm going to give it a go if it doesn't work it doesn't work but if it does it's kind of cool of course the downside is you're if for the most part you're relying on you're relying on your ISP to be there and if they're down you got nothing so granted that may be true with cable it's one pipe coming into the house you know blah 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 but it seems a little more all-or-nothing kind of a deal, but that doesn't happen very often. But uh, I guess that's about it for me rambling. Thanks, Tony. We'll talk to you later. Bye.
0: Okay, thanks, Brad, for sending that in. Um,
1: a lot of good stuff there.
0: You know, we, I, I am still just tickled to death with, with the uh, Netflix things through the, the PlayStation. Uh, there may be other interfaces out there that are a little better or they're a little different uh, but since this is the only thing that I've ever had used uh, I really like it uh, the quality on the stuff even there of course you know I, I've talked about before how you'll get standard definition and, and then you can get high definition as well but the quality so far even on the standard stuff when it's when it's high you know when it's standard high, or high definition standard and I'm saying that right No it's It's standard definition streaming in high, so high quality, and then you have the high definition stuff which has three tier or four tiers i guess it's extra high high medium and low uh and and when it's on the low or the medium stuff on both of them you can tell, but usually they're playing especially with the high definition stuff on h d on extra high and high and it's it's really good um occasionally on the standard stuff you can get some sort of the pixelation and things like that and occasionally with me I've had it drop out a couple of times but not to where the system went down now speaking of um, well let's talk about kind of go a little bit in order some of the stuff that you talked about Brad the idea that you would go and and uh, get rid of everything and pretty much be doing that online stuff or your Netflix thing you know basically going online uh, or going through iTunes and getting it, which again is, again, online, is very appealing to me. We would probably be doing something like that if I wasn't in the contract with uh, with a satellite. We still watch some, but the majority of the stuff that we watch now is either uh, Netflix or we We would record them we would just record the shows, and there's very there's a few shows that we're recording off of uh, off of um, our satellite you know on the on the uh, on the dVR and probably for the what we're paying, I could probably get a Hulu service and do the same thing with the iTunes now, I haven't had much experience. With iTunes, other than doing, you know, music and podcasts and things like that, I haven't done, you know, uh, gotten any movies down or any TV shows or anything like that down from iTunes. So I don't know how how effective that would be. I don't know, again, too, when they're doing, let's say if you had a season pass to something like, uh, oh, I don't know, what's a show, that's like Fringe or something like that, are you getting them that same night or do you have to wait like a week or something like that, which would be fine for me because like I said, usually we just sort of do, do kind of whatever with them. Now, if that's the case, if if you, even if you got them like maybe the next day or two days later or something like that, that would be fine again for me as well. Uh, the The thing about one of the downsides with Netflix is that on their instant uh, stuff that's available for instant viewing they change it around a lot and uh, an example of that was i've started watching was starting to watch spartacus and when i first started watching it they had sort of season two which is i guess kind of a prequel to what happened in season one and the a lot of the season one episodes weren't available they just had season two so i i mean like you kind of know the story anyway if you know kind of the The story of Spartacus so you sort of know what's going to happen but uh, so it wasn't too bad to sort of see that parts of that prequel well what happened was is they then the Netflix started doing they uh, they started putting up season one again and I thought oh but they only put up like the first you know four or five episodes and I thought well I'll watch those four or five and as the others come on eventually they'll have both season one and season two so I stopped watching the uh, season two thing which was the prequel and of course, then they took that away, and they had. Uh, I had watched maybe five or six episodes of the first one, and now what they're doing, and it's probably just to save bandwidth or something like that, they're they're starting to take away some of those first episodes of the Spartacus thing, so there's, you know, it's an uh, episode like five, six, and seven are available now or something like that, so there is the downside to that as well, is that you may not be able to Go back and get them. Although I guess, and you know, the the reality is you you kind of get that with television now. Um, they they don't rerun stuff quite as often as they used to. Uh, so, and maybe part of that is because you can get stuff online, or you can get there. Maybe they want you to buy the DVDs. You know, from them on that. You know, one other thing, Brad, you had talked about that if your if your ISP goes down and. and uh, everybody should know what that means is it's your internet internet service provider so if that thing goes down then yeah you may be left with nothing however though if you've got um, on your hd tv which pretty much just about everybody's going to have eventually if you have an aerial and you can get an hd antenna uh, and as time goes on they're going to come down more in cost but you could probably get them i think you could probably get a pretty decent one for what, $30, 40 And like everything else, I mean, you can go bananas and, and spend like a super high one. Uh, you know, uh, a really expensive one that's supposed to do all this stuff for you that probably doesn't do too much, too much more. And that's another thing. If anybody out there has a uh, an HD aerial that they're using, we don't have one let me write in and let us let us know kind of let us know how that works and, and and what kind of channels you get but anyway my point was even if you if if your isp went down and you kind of had nothing for a few days you would still be able to get probably if you had that aerial and once you buy it and pay for it then it's yours. if you had your your hd tv antenna you could still get all your local channels and a lot of the the stuff that comes through the air so you could still have something you know, if you needed to, if you needed to watch TV or, or doing that, and then you could probably, like what happened with Sony, like right after I got my PlayStation Three, a couple of weeks went by, and then all of a sudden, blammo, they got hacked. You know, and then uh, Netflix still worked because that's a different thing, uh, but a lot of their stuff, like their online stuff in their store, you couldn't access any of that. So what happened was. Is once they kind of came back they ended up giving out giving out as kind of a you know a I'm sorry type thing they gave a couple of games and so I got uh, and they're older games they are games that have been out for a while but i I got a couple of those and it's kind of fun to play them so uh, but I haven't really bought anything for them anyway I'm kind of getting off uh, on a tangent here a little bit but yeah kind of getting back to that to the original the idea of you're basically just paying for what you want. Uh, I, I think Hulu plus still has maybe some commercials that pop in and that's probably why you're able to get a lot of their TV shows for just $10 a month. Cause I, and I, and I don't know if, if, uh, if it's unlimited, once you, once you join their service and you're paying that, you know, eight or $10 a month, however much it is, what you can get and things like that. Uh, But like I said, when our contract runs out on this, we're going to really seriously look at probably getting rid of satellite, getting rid of a lot of the other things and just buying a HD antenna and then subscribing to some different services uh, because you could, uh, or doing the individual thing through iTunes, you know, you could say, well, I'll just buy the season of, you know, Dexter or something like that. And that's another thing. I don't know how if, if a lot of people start going away from the premium channels like HBO, Showtime, things like that, are they going to start doing deals where you can download the episodes from them? Again, you know, you pay 15 or $20 or however much, you know, they're probably going to screw you at first, but as, a, as, as more time goes by and more people do it, the, the cost would come down. For probably $15, $20, you could get maybe the whole the whole season. I I want to say on some things I've seen some of the, the... Again, we'll use Dexter as an example. I've seen some of the stuff where it looks like they're charging like $2.99 for a standard definition episode and then $3.99, so almost 4 bucks an episode. So you're looking at about $36 for something like that. But if you were going to go out and buy the DVDs, uh, that's what you would be doing. The, the thing with having a... And again, this is something I don't know. Once you buy that... that, Let's say that digital download. So your digital DVDs and quotes. Once you buy that, you should be able to keep them. Uh, unless it has like some kind of a self-delete program in there. And I doubt if they would do that. But once you get those episodes, I think you own them. Because I've seen on iTunes, they they have things for rent and then things to own. So you know, with the ability to store a lot of stuff on either separate hard drives or flash drives or, or different things like that, or even burn them down to your own DVDs from your, from your hard drive, uh, you know, it would pretty much be the same thing. So I, again, I think that's going to, going to be part of the the wave of the future is that a lot of that stuff is going to change just because people can get so much of their content online uh, i it's kind of like the uh, how a lot of people i think it's what is it about is it 40 or 50% of of people now don't even have a landline anymore they pretty much just have their cell phone because their cell phone does everything they've always got it with them the coverage usually is so good um and you know the most people are always in an area that has coverage uh so uh, we shall see on that. So I've rambled on enough of that. Let's go ahead and let's uh, go ahead and drop in another uh, bit of feedback that we got.
2: Tony, this is Eric with the uh, another movie review for the Arm Day podcast got to do this in five minutes or less. Uh, I feel like I've been going long on some of this stuff. I recently watched Being John Malkovich. This came out in 1999, and it's just a weird movie. It's kind of a black comedy, but it's very cool. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, You get to see John Cusack almost playing somebody else besides John Cusack, and that's always a treat. Uh, Cameron Diaz is in it. I swear I dated a chick who had her hair in that movie. That was kind of creepy. And uh then there's a Lady Maxine. I can't remember the actress's name, but it's the same lady who played the uh the hot grandma in The 40-Year-Old Virgin. This was directed by Spike Jones, and you can really tell that uh Spike Jones does a lot of music videos, and you can kind of tell from some of the visual sensibilities for lack of a better word. It's a very visually interesting movie, and uh and I had a lot of fun with it. I'm kind of surprised that you go from music videos to being John Malkovich, which won all kinds of awards and acclaim. And he hasn't really directed a whole lot of movies since then. Kind of interesting. Would have thought he would have had more of a career, but whatever. Uh, (laughs) I have to recommend people see this movie just for the Malkovich scene. Uh, There's a very strange part where John Malkovich winds up in his own head. Everybody looks like him and all they can say is Malkovich. It's hilarious. Um, thought you'd really enjoy that. And there's another part where John Malkovich is, is thinking he's cracking up. So he goes to Charlie Sheen for advice and to feel sane. And given recent developments in the media, that's even funnier now. I don't think either of both of little uh, teasers or, you know, tidbits about the movie are really going to spoil it. All I can say is it's a black comedy, very funny, but very weird funny. Uh, there's a part with Chimps with Subtitles, Nuff Said. Uh, it's an absolutely amazing performance by John Malkovich. Um, if you've ever heard of an actor throwing self preservation away and just really going for it in a role, I really think that John did that in this movie. It's a great flick. It's strange, it's thought provoking, it's funny, it's ingenious, and it's very fucked up. Uh, not a movie for everybody, but I'm glad I finally saw it, and I give it an unreserved thumbs up. If you think you've got an uh, urge for a crazy movie, you know, something kind of weird off the beaten path, highly recommend you check this out. And uh side note here, just thought this was interesting, it was produced by Michael Stipe of REM, which that evening then led to a whole bunch of YouTube searching for weird REM songs and uh, counterculture entertainment. But that's completely off-topic that's what I've got to say about being John Malkovich two thumbs up both mine and uh, really enjoyed it so if you haven't checked it out recommend that you do y'all take care
0: hey Eric thanks for that Uh, now some of you guys may know uh, before we talk about some of Eric's comments and stuff some of you guys may know that Eric does uh, or had or did I guess I should say correct myself He was the host of the Handgun Podcast, and he's kind of gone on hiatus right now for that. Hopefully he'll be back. I think I talked about that a little bit on last show. Uh, But, Eric, you can always feel free to call in and contribute to the show, and don't worry about uh, any type of time constraints or anything like that. We love hearing from you. Uh, Eric right now, I think, is doing, uh, I'm not sure how much stuff to give out, but basically he's doing, he's got a new uh, career path that he's kind of going after right now. And so we wish him lots of success, and hopefully when things kind of settle down, he'll be able to, uh, again, contribute to the show, and hopefully maybe get his own show going up, which again was the Handgun Podcast. All his stuff, I think, is still up. Uh, if you haven't given his show a listen, I definitely recommend you go over there and do it. Okay, let's talk about what you talked about. The, being John Malkovich. Now, I've heard of this movie, and I've, I've never seen it all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces of it. And probably the bits and pieces of it that I saw were either at kind of, you know, what you maybe call lulls in the movie. Nothing ever really grabbed my attention, and I never just took the time to sit down and watch it. I thought, well, maybe it'd be interesting, but it was never one of those things where it was on on my uh, list of things to do. But... Uh, I'm always up for seeing a good performance, and if uh, and I like Malkovich. Now he's done some roles where he's phoned some stuff in and it's kind of crap, but uh, he's also done some things where he, when he's on, he is a, a really good actor and a really good performer. So it may be one of those things where I'll see if Netflix has it first, and uh, if not, I maybe will. Uh, I'll, I'll try and get it uh, through other means.
1: Uh, all legal, of course.
0: Uh, But I will go ahead, and on your recommendation, I'll give that thing a view.
1: It's time to whip out my pimp cane and beat some knowledge into your heads. So listen up, motherfuckers.
0: This is the time in the show where I like to talk about uh, different podcasts or books or things that I'm reading. And, of course, one of my favorite podcasts that I like and uh, listen to all the time is the B-Movie Cast with Vince Rotolo, and that's hosted by... uh, uh, Vince and his wife Mary and also Nick Brown uh, who is an author and I think he's going to be coming out with his second uh, or I guess I should say follow-up book to uh, his first one which was Blood Cursed Werewolf for Hire and you can go over to com and uh, check out Nick's site and check out his book. And like I said, he's got the he's got uh, Blood Curse Werewolf for hire, and I think he's got the follow up on that one that's going to be coming out, I think, relatively soon. Uh, at least that's what they were talking about on the last show over at the uh, the B Movie Cast. So anyway, if you like that, if you like B movies, that kind of stuff, highly recommend you go over there and uh, listen to that. Got a real good community over there, lots of good feedback, lots of good commentary. Uh, they also do lots of different interviews with. Uh, some of the people that were involved in the films that they were talking about. So, excellent podcast all around. Uh, let's see, what other podcasts am I listening to that I like? Um, there's J-A-F-M-P, which stands for Just Another Fucking Movie Podcast. Uh, a real good one. Uh, Stephen puts them out about as often as I do, so is kind of hit and miss on when he puts them out. Uh, but he knows his stuff. The language is very salty, but they're good reviews, and the you know the language doesn't bother me. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other than some of the other standard ones that I've already listened to. Um, nothing that's really jumping out to me as a, like a brand new podcast that I've that I've been listening to. Uh, as far as for stories and uh, authors that put stuff out, I still like listening to Scott Sigler. And he's got a ton of content. Uh, and you can go over to his website, which is scottsigler.com, uh, and tons of stuff there. He's always, You can find him on iTunes. And uh, right now he's doing his follow-up to, uh, what was it called? It's called The Starter, and it's about a galactic football league, which sounds kind of dopey, but it's really good. the um, The very first podcast that he did of it, and usually what he does is he podcasts, all his novels, and then once he gets them published, he, you know you can go and buy them and uh, kind of support him that way. But he'll do the whole things for free. Now sometimes the novels, once they go through publishing, they get kind of rewritten a little bit, so they may not be exactly word for word what you get from uh, uh, from the books, and then you know, and then the and the, uh, the actual podcast that he does. If you got an audio book, I think it would be pretty much word for word for the uh, uh, from the actual book but the podcast sometimes can be a little bit different uh let's see what else oh the uh the first you know the one thing the one criticism i have with uh with the, the series he's and he's going to be doing three books the first one is called the rookie the second one is the starter the third one is going to be the all pro And uh, and again this is about the galactic football stuff The one criticism that I do have is that he decided when he was going to actually publish the novel that he was going to make it a young adult thing because he figured out of his stuff that was maybe one thing that he could probably tone down. Most of his books are very violent, have a lot of adult themes, have a lot of adult language in them. And in the podcast of The Rookie... It has an edge that I think has been lost by him, uh, pulling it down to that young adult level. There seems to be an, an intensity that isn't there. Um, there are, are are times in the in in the starter, and I probably in in the I don't know if he ever really reread the rookie or something like that, but uh, in the young adult version. Of course, if it's if it's for ages, you know, twelve and up, he's not going to have a lot of really harsh language. There's not probably going to be a lot of uh, sexual content. Although, with him, in his books, he doesn't have a whole lot of that. Uh, There are some. There is some sprinkled throughout his, but it's not. It's not what you would call exploitive or gratuitous, I think, in his in his past novels that I've read and listened to. They're part of the, they're part of the story and they make sense in the context that they're in. But anyway, getting back to this stuff, I just find that it, it, it's it's still like I said, it's an enjoyable story, but having heard the the first podcast of the rookie that has a lot of the the profanity and a lot of the harder edge to it the starter and, and unfortunately probably the all pro i'm always going to kind of default back to that that grittier edgier thing it's kind of probably like the difference between uh, you know a, a, a rated r movie and a pg-13 movie you know and in a, like in a rated r movie from the 70s not from today but you know a rated r movie from the 70s that was gritty and dirty and kind of you know had a lot of uh had a lot of feeling into it as opposed to maybe like kind of a PG-13 movie today that is again is intended for a younger audience so there's going to be more fluff there's not going to be as much uh, for lack of a better word kind of soul to them to the uh, stories and stuff and and like I said this hopefully it doesn't come off as too harsh a criticism because I do I do like uh pretty much all his work uh everything that that he's ever written that I've either either read or that I've listened to through the podcast, I've liked. I've bought, you know, books of his because I wanted to support him as an artist. And you know, that's another thing. If if you like somebody who's out there trying to go, especially if they're trying to get their start in an independent thing, if you like what they're doing, buy their stuff or make a donation. And it doesn't have to be you know five hundred dollars. You could send somebody a five dollar donation if you like what they're doing, you know. And 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 that can kind of help them, you know, if they're getting through kind of a rough patch. But anyway well, I do like him I would recommend you go listen even even though it's not as gritty and edgy uh, it's still good writing it's still a good story and uh, so I would go ahead and you can subscribe to his stuff through iTunes uh, not that he needs my endorsement or anything but uh, let's see what else as far as books uh, right now in fact uh, just the other day and I haven't got a chance to read it yet I got Ron Paul's uh, Revolution that he wrote in 2008 and I'm going to start reading that. I've got on um, on hold, I've got Liberty Defined and... Oh, uh, what's the other thing he wrote? Oh, In the Fed. And I think what I may do is I may actually go through and buy, buy all the books that he's got, probably through his Ron Paul 2012 website, because a lot of the proceeds will go to that, uh, will go then to his campaign fund and stuff like that, so... Uh, I am a big Ron Paul fan and supporter. I'm a uh, very libertarian in my uh, political beliefs and in my social beliefs. I don't. I don't think I've ever tried to hide that or anything like that. That should be pretty apparent uh, from uh, if you listen to Firearms Cafe as well as to this show. Uh, so he's uh, he's a guy that's got my vote. He's somebody that I think that uh, if, if he can get in, he can he can do a lot to help get this country kind of turned around and get us going in the direction that we need uh to be going so that uh, you know it becomes one of those things like that saying, you know, if if times get bad or even if they don't. Um but I think I think no matter no matter what whoever gets in there I do think we're probably going to be in for a little bit of a rough patch. Um hopefully we'll we'll get the right guy at the helm and that can kind of help steer the country through that. Uh but you know ultimately a lot of that stuff is, is going to be up to more the, the individual American people. And, you know, again, the more people that are prepared, the more people that have some stores of food, the more people that can get out of debt, the more people that uh, can, you know, be able to defend themselves, to protect their property, uh, the better and the quicker we'll be able to get through any rough patches. You know, you... Uh, I always talk about politics being local, but it's the same thing with prepping. Uh, the more people that are that are prepared, the less effect any disaster can have on the country as a whole. Uh, so let's see. Oh, uh, let's get back to some of the other other books that I've been looking at. I got a book, and I oh, what the heck was it called? It was by Dick Morris, who I think used to be Clinton's legal counsel. Was that who he was? Um, and I can't remember the title of his book off the top of my head. Uh, what the heck was that thing called? Something like cheated or scammed. Maybe it was scammed, something like that. And, uh, anyway, it talks about a bunch of the stuff. But, you know, the guy, I started reading it, and then I bounced back and forth through some other chapters and stuff, and I... I don't know. He kind of seems a little bit more like a neocon. He, he talks a lot of uh, a lot of stuff about the Patriot Act and how wonderful it is, and how that's this great tool that we're going to have, and if we don't have it, you know, that everybody's going to be, you know, found dead in their bed with you know terrorist knives that have you know ripped open your throats and all this other kind of crap. And basically, the a lot of the stuff that he was saying is you need to give up your liberties for safety. Uh, and uh, yeah, typical kind of uh, stuff. And you know, a lot of people don't realize the Patriot Act did not was not drafted under Bush. It was actually uh, brought about under Clinton. So uh, anyway, I, I I didn't care for that book, but I thought I'd give it a chance. Um, what else is going to read? And I think that's about it for now. Uh, but like I said, I'm I'm uh, educating myself. Oh, as far as um, some of the other A uh, couple other podcasts That I listen to There's Lou, Lou Rockwell uh, That I've been listening to There's also A thing And this is going to tie into Some of the shows That I'm going to do Over at Firearms Cafe Where I'm going to start talking about The role of the police In our country How they've become More militarized How there is a huge uh, Divide and a gulf In between them And us And how it has become Really a them or us Thing And how we don't we don't really have, for the most part, we don't really have peacekeepers anymore. We have enforcers. And why that is bad for our country and bad for us as citizens and bad for just society in general, in any country. Uh, but those will be some of the things that I'm going to be talking about. Uh, but there's a lot of good stuff over at LouRockwell.com. Um, there is a podcast called the Mises Institute, which deals a lot with the Austrian School of Economics there is um, there's an interesting one and I don't know I'm a little skeptical of it but a lot of the stuff that they do is it's actual footage that was shot by bystanders or it's audio that was shot by bystanders or by the person themselves where the police did not know that they were being either videotaped or recorded on audio uh, on audio Uh, some of it is you see that when Somebody's out there videotaping him. Boy, they don't like that, and it's something that you see over and over and over again. Um, so anyway, but like I said, a lot of that stuff was, is going to tie in. And the the actual name of that website, I want to say, it's called uh, Cop Block. So C O P B L O C K dot com. And I'll if I remember, I'll put a, a link to it in the show notes. Uh, but it's very interesting. Very very interesting some of the stuff and even if you discounted half of it it's still it's still very interesting Uh, a lot of stuff going on and again this is going to be more stuff that I'm going to cover over at Firearms Cafe a lot of stuff going on with TSA a lot of stuff going on with ATF Um, in fact I I would recommend that you guys go and listen to Tom Gresham's uh, Gun Talk his latest his latest show, and this would have been for I think his his uh, June nineteenth of twenty eleven. Listen to the, his latest episodes of Gun Talk because you, you hear a lot about the ATF stuff. You hear a lot about what TSA is doing. Uh, you see, and that uh, again, TSA has it has has overstepped any authority that they should have. Uh, in my opinion, there's a lot of Fourth Amendment uh, violations that are going on because they are a government agency. It's not like these are a private agency that's with the airlines. In fact, if they were a private agency that was contracted through the airlines, all this shit would have stopped a long time ago because people would say, you know what, the hell with you. I'm not flying. You're not going to touch my kid. You're not going to touch me. But because it's a government agency, you know, people... They're like, line up slaves, get over here and do this and do that. And if you don't, we're going to fuck you. We're going to hammer you. And we're going to do it until you, and we're going to make examples of other people and it's going to be harsh and brutal. Um, you know, the thing that happened in in, uh, in Texas where they were going to make it a, uh, was it a misdemeanor? Basically, that if, if anybody touched uh, you know, any of the sexual organs, the butt, the anus, um, the, uh, the breasts, blah, 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 either, you know, under the shirt or through the shirt, that that would be an offense and they passed it. And then what happened was the feds came in and said, if you do that, if you enforce this stuff, we will end all flights coming in. Well, they couldn't really end flights going out of Texas from private stuff, but they were basically end all flights going in and out of Texas. And I wish to God that that uh, the Texas legislature and Governor Perry would have called their bluff. Because after two or three days of that, if they did that, the public would be so up in arms and so screaming for it that I think it would have backfired, and, and then we would have had a, a reduction in in the, uh, the power of TSA, but basically what happened is the feds came in and they squashed the state, uh, just like they're doing all over the country today. Uh, and so that's why, again, it's so important to get strong uh, state officials in there that are going to be willing to stand up to the feds. Um, anyway... Uh, That's kind of about it. I know I kind of went off on a little bit of a political rant there, but my monkeys, we're going to wrap it up, and I will talk to you guys next time.
2: This guy's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about
1: it!